You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. I'm Matt. And this week we bring on the return of John Harrington. John, Ooh. welcome back. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so what, what were the other ones you were on? I remember Robin Hood and I, is it Strange Days? Robin what? Hood, uh, Strange Days, and um, it was uh, a Tetasaurus Rex. What is it? Oh, Theodore Rex. Theodore Rex, yes. Yes. That was uh, my first one. How three can we trying to that? figure three heads trying to figure that one out? <laughs> <laughs> right. How could we forget Theodore Rex? Wow. I don't know. Matt, we decided to do something new, and it was your turn to pick, so we decided to do a franchise. What franchise did you pick? We're gonna take a look at all six films in the Terminator franchise. Arnold Schwarzenegger kicking ass. Except for one of the movies, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and then number three, he's not so much kicking ass as he's he's dancing. I, that's it's <laughs> uh, not really what he does. Let's so. save all discussions yeah. for that about once we get there, because I'd like to not think or talk about that until we absolutely have to. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one. Well, let's talk about the first Terminator, nineteen eighty four. In the 21st century, a weapon will be invented like no other. This weapon will be powerful, versatile, and indestructible. It can't be reasoned with. It can't be bargained with. It will feel no pity, no remorse, no pain, no fear. It will have only one purpose to return to the present and prevent the future. This weapon will be called the Terminator. You're dead, honey. What day is it? The date? 12th, May, Thursday. What year? Assigned to protect you. You've been targeted for termination. Why does it want me? Why me? Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Terminator. Your future is in its hands. Man, oh man. Who who directed this? Who created this? I don't even know his name. I'm not friends with him. Well, his friends call him Jim. But you may know him better as James Cameron. <laughs> oh, that's right. James Cameron. You know, this man's done quite a bit of movies. 
He's done a few, yeah. Yeah, and he's he's known for being uh, really good at it. <laughs> Did you guys? Big blockbuster, you know, franchise uh, breaking records. Yeah, every movie is the same thing. Uh, the yeah. production company spends more money than it ever has. The production company and distributor make more money than they ever have, <laughs> and yeah. rinse and repeat. They're doing like a. They're also learning and like taking the medium to the next level in the, in this movie as well. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all that. Well, Jim, as Matt knows him, but James, as I call him. That's that's all this Canadian knows how to do. And I didn't even know he was from Canada. He was born in Canada. Did you guys know that? I did not know, but I'm kind of not surprised when you tell me. Like, oh, there's tons of cool people who like make things. They're like, oh yeah, I'm from Canada. I'm like, what? You're all like, what do they have in the water up there? It's just beer. Oh, I thought it was healthcare. maple leaves, like they had tea. I heard healthcare. Political <laughs> joke. <laughs> well done. Uh, yeah, and this, and he's one of the Roger Corman. He's one of the guys who started with Roger Corman, and he started as what was that? A um, a miniature set builder of Battle Beyond the Stars. And if you guys ever want to have a good time, listen to the behind the scenes on that movie. It's awesome how they created that with like painting styrofoam that they would get from Burger King and McDonald's to create like the interior of the ships. And he was part of the people doing that. And they just said everyone knew right away that this guy was going to the top because he was intense. Just working 12 hour, 14 hour days. He was nuts. Just, yeah, and it probably didn't even phase him. With Corman, too, he went on to do like uh, Piranha 2 being his first movie and it's funny i do feel like terminator sort of feels like an extension of that because you have like the dick millers and the lance hendrickson's and stuff like those guys from that scene uh in this so this like even feels like the continuation of that corman family thing yeah it looks like i mean you can tell it's low budget uh, the this terminator um but it's so well done because it's genius too how he just introduces a little like you're looking through the keyhole of the future so it's only like five minutes. So, you know, they spent all their money on miniatures and setting that all up. And then they're like, oh, but we got to go back to Earth. But instead of it sounding kind of like dumb, like um, the He-Man movie was, where it made no sense, this one makes perfect sense. Like, oh, yeah, they've got to travel back in the past, and he's trying to kill Sarah Connor. Yep. <laughs> it's yeah. genius. Yeah, movie logic. Yeah, good job, Jim. I'm going to call him Jim now. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're on that terms now yeah and i also saw, saw that he and i forgot about this that he served as the map painter and special effect artist on escape from new york oh yeah yeah so he's got some pretty cool skills he's one hell of a painter he also in um in titanic uh when it's the scene where jack the main guy is drawing uh rose that's actually him drawing and that's his drawing of her at the end of the so that's his hand and all the shots and everything. So it's his actual drawing of her. Oh, that Jim. So many talents. <laughs> I also read that he was fired on the set of Piranha after only a few weeks. Really? Yeah. So I had heard, I don't know much about Piranha 2, the spawning, other than the badass VHS cover, which that's definitely one I'd like to own, but I've never seen it. Anyone? I not either. Nope. Anyone? Ever nope. seen I've, never, I've never seen it in real life. No. So that's one I'd always want, but it's not really because Jimbo uh, directed it. I just, that poster is ridiculous. <laughs> but now I, I don't know actually how much he worked on that because I just know so little about it. 
he still has directing credit on it, so he must have done enough of the movie for like the DGA to give him proper credit and not have like Alan Smithy or whatever on it. So he must, you know, he must have worked on it enough before. I think he just I. I had heard that kind of similar story, but I feel like he just got taken out of like the editing room. Like a movie was finished by somebody else, but he he mostly made that film. Well, a lot of those low budget films are shot in like what three three weeks anyway. <laughs> three days to three weeks. Usually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I haven't I've only seen so little of the movie. Uh, so you know, hell, if it was like an eighteen day shoot and he was fired after a few weeks, yeah, it could be just from the editing. That could be easy. Right. I mean, the other movies that I always like, I mean, Aliens, The Abyss, Terminator 2, True Lies. Apparently, him and Stan Winston have directing credits for uh, T2, the 3D uh, Battle Across Time that was in Universal Studios. Uh-huh. Raise your hands. Have you seen that? Yes. No, uh, I don't think so. Oh, I think it was man. gone by the time I went there. It's awesome. It was one of the coolest uh, rides that I can remember as a kid. It's on one of the Blu-rays, I believe, now. You can watch oh, really? it now. Oh, you can, like, oh, it's got, like, a ride-along type of thing? Yeah, yeah, because it, it was just a 3D show, uh, you know, and it had, like, the thing with the, the seats have the air in them and, like, the under the seats have the things that feel the back of your legs or whatever, but mostly uh. you're watching, like, a video so in 3D, so it, it was easily able to pop on a disc. Yeah, gotcha. see, I have the uh, Terminator anthology that came out <clears throat> right when Salvation came out. But uh, it is not on that one, which is really disappointing. Because I've also heard about that, but I have no idea which Blu-ray or which DVD has it. Me neither. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which one has it either. That's definitely one I'd like to recheck out again. And, of course, he did this little movie called Titanic and a whole yeah. shitload of water documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In our notes, that's all I put. 2001 to 2005, a bunch of water documentaries. Because <laughs> I've never seen one of them. Yeah, but yeah, you just know they're there. Yeah, yeah. everyone knows about them. I don't, I don't know anybody who's seen them. And then 2009, he did Avatar, and we've been waiting for the 18 Avatar sequels that he's been making since. I always feel like he's done more movies, but really when you look at his filmography, the movies are just so damn good for the most part. That it just feels like he's done more. Mm-hmm. But I guess he's also produced a lot of movies and written a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm sure he's got his hands on a lot of things, and they're just, he's not the predominant figure in it. Yeah, yeah I think, didn't didn't he, oh, I'm sure we'll talk about it when we get there, but I think he co-wrote the script for Dark Fate, the last Terminator movie, so. I think he did, or at least he had enough of the story elements that he's getting credit for it. Yeah, he was involved in some way in the last one, but we'll we'll talk about that when we get there. But like, yeah, it's a, you know, he's a franchise guy. I'm really excited to see Avatar two because he really delivers on his part twos. So I feel like Avatar two is gonna be real good. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Aliens and Terminator two. He just knocks it out of the ballpark. Right. And that's the only two sequels. He, well, I guess he did Piranha two, but <laughs> I can't really speak for that yeah, one. Yeah, I haven't seen it, so I don't yeah. know. <laughs> But that that was so early, Jimbo, so we don't know. But uh, Jimbo's got an anger problem, and I freaking love some of There are more stuff than I wrote in the notes, but the uh, ones where he gets so mad at crew members' phones ringing in Avatar that he would nail them to the wall. The phone, <laughs> the phones, not the crew members. But <laughs> Yeah, just a disclaimer there. 
Yeah, and then uh, during the shooting, the abyss. I would love to have this T-shirt. You can't scare me. I work for Jim Cameron. <laughs> I would love to to wear that to a con just to see if one person would get that reference. It'd be like, yeah. you sir need a life, but I love you. <laughs> you a, sir yeah. have watched the behind the scenes on the abyss one too many times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, uh, uh, I watched the behind the scenes on one of the Terminators, and it's funny because it was edited together like they were just having like the greatest time the whole time. And I was like, I wonder how much of that's on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> They're like, hey, should we uh, show Jim uh, tearing down the entire uh, break room of all the crew members <laughs> because someone absent- accidentally ate his vegan pasta? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't show that side of Jim. <laughs> uh, he's still he's still signing our checks. Maybe we should have a special edition of this until after after we're officially not working for him anymore. Uh, well, I mean, his anger has led to more than than just cast members uh, having a good time with t-shirts and avoiding him probably in the hallways. Uh, he's been married five times, divorced four. Uh, I have no idea who the first one is. Sharon Williams. Sharon is the first survivor. Of Mr. Jimbo. <laughs> 78 to 84. I love it. So, she I mean, started it, looks, the club. it looks like they got divorced right when Terminator was being uh, shown in theaters because 84. It's kind of interesting. I guess she just couldn't handle, you know, this success. It's like, yeah, Jim's head's gotten too big. He's ridiculous now. Yeah. He's walking around pretending he's the Terminator. <laughs> this yogurt is mine. <laughs> he's just he's kneeling <laughs> without any clothes in the living room and standing up really slow and she's like not again jim <laughs> the dog agrees yeah all right wife number two or survivor number two is gail ann hurd and uh if you haven't heard of her well you just all, all you got to do is google her and, and she's a huge film and tv producer and she produced both the the first two terminators so they they only last well they lasted four years that's pretty good for a Jim Cameron uh, marriage. Yeah, just too shy of the other. Yeah, and then uh, Catherine Bigelow, eighty nine to ninety one. Catherine Bigelow, we've done one of her movies, Strange Days. She is a film producer, director, and screenwriter. I believe she won the Oscar for Hurt Locker, correct? Oh uh, yes. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, Hurt I'm pretty Locker. sure that's right. She's big time. In Hollywood, uh, I I don't know what she's been doing recently. You know, I don't, I'm not following her career that much, but I'm sure it seems like anytime she comes out with a movie, it is, uh, it is good. She definitely knows how to craft a good film. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder from, if she picked up any of that from uh, from Jimbo. Or maybe Jimbo stole it from her. Oh my I, gosh. I would probably <laughs> wager to bet that <laughs> I would go that way. <laughs> 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 yeah, old, old Jimbo uses uh, when he writes some stuff. He he's been known to you know pick <laughs> pick a few other people's uh, stories up and be like, I can do this better. <laughs> uh, then he did. Uh, he dated or he was married to Linda Hamilton very shortly, for like a year and a half, ninety-seven to ninety-nine. That is one of the weirdest ones that I completely just like erased from my mind. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't remember that at all. Uh, we'll talk about it more in another one of the Terminators. But man, that marriage was bad, and she is so vocal about it. It's great. Nice. 
Uh, and now he's uh, married to a wife that he's been married to for almost 20 years or over 20 years. It's as long as marriage by far. And that's Susie Amos. He married her in 2000. Now, I had to reread this because it said she played the granddaughter in the Titanic. And I was like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> Did Jim Cameron <laughs> meet her when she was like 12? Gross. <laughs> uh, no, but it turns out it was the granddaughter, you know, at the at the end where she was... Rose was throwing the, I don't know, necklace into the sea. The heart of the ocean. Yeah, that was it. I. It turned out it was all of our hearts she was throwing in the ocean. Not mine. <laughs> Other than I do, I do like that. I did like the movie watching it one time. I've just never really rewatched it. Yeah. I was like, it's oh. just it's too long. Like I know. there's long movies I like to watch, but that one's just it's like I don't I don't want to do the whole thing. I know well, what happens. The the one thing I just don't get is and it's the same thing when people go and watch, you know, like some of the superhero movies like three, four times in the theater. Because that was the first movie, Titanic. I had heard people doing that. Oh, I've yeah. seen it three times. And you're I to me I was like, Are you bragging? Like I don't <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why? <laughs> but I and the funny thing is, my mom was one of them. She saw it three times in the theater with her sisters. One time with her, you know, one sister, the other time with another, and I'm like, seriously? All right. But it was in the theaters for like a year. It felt like. I remember that it felt like it was like a it 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 was its own thing. Like it was a it was a uh, an event. Like my grandparents took us to, i saw two movies with my grandparents while they were alive and one was the titanic and it was like a big deal that they were taking us to see it it was uh i remember it was like we had to be like uh it was almost like revered or something <laughs> it was uh it was just strange it felt like it was a more important thing to do when we went to go see it yeah that's probably why it made a kajillion dollars <laughs> <laughs> It, it made so much money they had to make a new name for it. You know, it's just like I don't know what is this now. It's oh, it's it's Jamillion. It made it's a Jamillion dollars. Titanic dollars. sum of money. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Sorry, that one was a bad one. Well, you are a writer for John. Uh, damn it, I fucked that up. <laughs> I was like, it's John Harrington, the new writer for uh, Johnny Carson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the last thing I got on Jimbo here, and I thought this was hilarious, is this is a direct quote. Being attracted to strong, independent women has its downside, that they're strong, independent women which don't inherently need you. That's a quote from him? Yeah, I mean, I just kind of was uh, interpreting it. would say it's, being attracted to strong, independent women has the downside that they're strong, independent women. They inherently don't need you. I, I just love that because that's kind of like a part of why he's been divorced so tiny. He's like, yeah, they <laughs> yeah, don't right. actually need me. So they just yeah. like, move on. Well, it's funny reading that. I think of I think of Sarah Connor. I think of Mary to Sarah Connor and saying that. Not married to Linda Hamilton, but married to Sarah Connor and saying that. Yeah, I mean, he writes strong. Not only does he like them in real life, but he writes them. If you look at, you know, Sarah Connor, obviously from the Terminator, but then you even go, to, uh, I forget the character's name in the Abyss, but she's a badass. And then, of course, you got Sigourney Weaver in Aliens, which uh, this is something that I didn't know when I read about him creating uh, Ripley for Aliens was Ripley was kind of more of a background character, not a full background character, 
but she was a little bit more timid in Alien. And when I rewatched it, I saw she like grows over the course of the movie. But in his, like when he took his Ripley, he's like, nope. Right when they start, you know, she was just going to be in control of every situation. And I didn't really pick that up until I read about what he changed about her. That was kind of curious. Yeah. Where he just, well, but that's what makes the first alien so good is her story arc. Mm -hmm. She really doesn't have much of a story arc in aliens. She starts out as a badass, (laughs) ends a badass. Well, I I think, I think the way that Cameron writes, you know, strong women i think what he tends though to do and i think it is a it's like almost a detriment to what he's doing because he can write strong women but what he what he tends to lean on then is he makes them maternal he has to make them motherly in order to make them strong uh which i think works when we'll talk about it when we get to t2 which i think works in t2 but that's the that's my big problem with aliens is that she doesn't let her just be a badass she has to be like this mother to Newt as well. And it's like, it almost seems like that's Cameron's way of justifying a strong woman. And it always kind of irked me. <laughs> I don't think he knows how to, well, I mean, no, because then in Titanic, it has nothing to do with maternal. Right. And the same thing in strange days. Well, no, actually strange days. She does have a child. Doesn't she? I feel like strange days. All I remember is the very end, which was crazy. The yeah. like Rodney King ending. Yeah. I don't remember much about that. But yeah, he's always... Well, I mean, then in Avatar, too, he gets rid of it. I just think early Jim Cameron seemed to kind of lean on the maternal strong woman. Right. But he didn't do it in Terminator. No, he does it in two, but he doesn't do it in the first one. But uh, yeah, I always thought that that was like sort of like a downfall. But on the other side of it, he does write strong women, so... Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I guess we got to take what we can get. <laughs> well, I mean, you also can't steer too far into that because being a badass, strong mom is also awesome. True. Absolutely right. true. So it's like it's one of those things you're like, uh, are you only doing it because she's yeah, I, I, I get that. Right. It's, That's what I struggle with when I watch Aliens. <laughs> well, do you think that was maybe because it seems to be like it was er- his earlier movies and then that was more of like a, an executive being like, hmm, oh, our demographic of women can't relate to her, so we got to make her more maternal. Like, Do you think maybe that could have been an influence on that? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, yeah. it could have been. It, it could have been. been. But knowing Jimbo, he doesn't give a shit what anyone in the studio well, thinks. Cause, and it's, so that's why I think like it's noticeable at the beginning of his career, but afterwards it's almost like, well, he's done well. We won't, you know, we won't mess with like his his uh his vision, so to speak. Well, no, I just think aliens, the reason it's so weird is because Ripley wasn't a mother of any sort in the first one. See, with Sarah Connor, I just thought it felt more natural because that's the whole story is wrapped around John Connor's, you know, birth into becoming a leader mm-hmm. of the resistance. So it made sense. I think with Aliens, when you see it, it's just like, oh, so she's kind of like a mom now? And Jim's right. like, yeah. Right. Which is why I always <laughs> yeah. I immediately forgive T2. Like, immediately forgive it because it makes sense. It's been set up from the first one. But, like, yeah, Aliens, mm-hmm. it was like, mm. are you sure (laughs) yeah and i always uh, the more i've rewatched aliens throughout time i've always wondered if newt and i don't have any proof on this but i've always wondered if newt was also stuck in there because it worked with me 
as a kid. Right. Uh, we, and, yeah. Yeah. And all the 80s babies and everything like that. Because I was like, whoa, kids can survive that? That means I can survive that. It's awesome. And <laughs> that's how I thought as a kid. And it worked. Oh, yeah. Well, so. that's, how, that's how Terminator 2 worked on me. It was like, oh, there's mm-hmm. a kid in this. And now I got to go buy the toys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. I, need my, I need my pet Terminator. <laughs> exactly. Jim's just above all of us, you know, like just playing us like a little puppet. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Ah, damn it. We are Jim Cameron marionettes. <laughs> we all are. We're living you in heard Jim's it world, first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> We're all living in his underground uh, water aquatic documentary. Oh, yeah. We, this is, we're living right now in the, uh, the second avatar. Oh, it all makes sense. Anyway. Back into the actual topic of this, The Terminator, 1984. So if we're walking down the rental shop on Friday and we see this tape, what are we looking at, Matt? Well, the, the cover I have, and uh, we can talk about maybe the different VHSs we're watching here, uh, but the cover I have is just the him uh, with the gun and the one red eye standing there. It just says Schwarzenegger, the Terminator, and it's the limited edition uh, artisan, kind of like holographic-y kind of cover from like 98. Is oh, the you, one that I'm watching. You got the holographic one, huh? Yeah, shiny. Okay, so what I've always been wondering about is what is written in his glasses? Oh, is it like real binary or something like that you're wondering? I, I honestly don't know. Well, my yeah, mine is just uh, bright. It has like the one red eye, so I don't see any. Okay, yeah. So you have more of the like because the DVD has the bright red eye and it switches the eyes. Uh, it's the his right eye and the one that has like the lettering. But my DVD, his left eye is just the glowing eye, like they did for Terminator Two. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea what is written in the Terminator's glasses. Hmm. It looks like, zoomed in, it's like c.s.m slash 101. Yeah, I, I can definitely see the C. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Then. He's the yeah model, Cyberdyne model 101, uh, yeah. T, uh, T800. Cyberdyne Systems model 101. Okay, is yeah, that what that is? That's what that is, yeah. All right. We solved the mystery. Hey, you uh, figured it out. Okay, so, I mean, is this, like, because I put a few of them in our notes. We have the 85 which is the one that's got the quote on it of Schwarzenegger creates an intimidating villain, an unstoppable killing machine, part metal, part man. You got that one. And then you got more of the 91 where it's more zoomed in, kind of stylized, like they uh, figured out how to use Photoshop. And that one's also got the writing in there. I actually like the 85 one more. It has that uh, just dark, nasty um, cyberpunk aesthetic yeah I think, uh, I think every release after t2 they just tried to make the first the first one look like the second one basically but yeah i agree with you i think the first the 85 vhs the hbo thorn whatever it is uh brand uh vhs is kind of the more telling of what it actually is like what a movie actually is showing uh everything else they just try to make it look like the second one yeah, I know. Uh, and did you ever? What's really weird about the second one is it starts out kind of uh, black and red. We don't want to get too far in this because we'll save it for T two. But it's black and red, and then like at some point it decided to go more silver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the DVDs are all silver. 
Which I, I find that kind of interesting because both of these movies, T1 and T2, kind of had a, a change in aesthetic look mm-hmm. over the time of its release, which is kind of fascinating. But getting back into this one, um, I guess you want to read the description on the back. Sure. It's super short, actually. It just... Mm-hmm. In the year 2029, the ruling supercomputer Skynet sends an indestructible cyborg, Arnold Schwarzenegger, back in time to 1984 to kill Sarah Connor, Linda Hamilton, before she can fulfill her destiny and save mankind. And that's it. All right. So, if we see this, are we written this? Well, we not. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yep, yeah, it works on me. I, I tell you what worked on me was that gun. I had never seen a gun like that. Yeah. It's like would, a video game gun. It does look, yeah, it totally looks like one of those, like, arcade shooter guns, you know? Uh, you, you'd you see that at the mall uh, shooting, well, I'm thinking of, like, the Terminator 2 game. <laughs> the mm-hmm, arcade game mm-hmm. kind of looks like that. Uh, I was also intrigued by the red eye, you know? it It's cool. It's It's creepy, it's weird, it's cool. I wanted to know what was going on. I wanted to see him as a robot. Yeah, I think that's what the later releases did better. I, I'm more intrigued, or the DVDs. I'm more intrigued by the red eye than the actual, like, Cyber 9, you know, like, Model 101 mm-hmm. look. Because mm-hmm. that one, you know, like, obviously, even as an adult, I was confused. Like, what is that? You know, the red dot, you're just like, okay, he's he's a machine? Right. And it, like, like, oh, that, what's going on there? <laughs> Yeah, and it thrusts you in. It's like, oh, I want to rent that. I want to know. So let's pop this tape in, guys. Now playing at a motion picture theater near you. We got some trailers. That's always exciting. I love those trailers. And we got the first one, I believe, was was the first one cut. No, the first one was Stargate. I loved Stargate when this came out. Oh, yeah. I, I, was, I liked Stargate a lot when it came out, too. I've only seen it once when it first came out on V. I don't remember it. Uh, I would need to go back and rewatch it. Oh yeah, I liked it. Uh, I mean, it's Kurt Russell, so that's one thing. But this was when Kurt Russell was having his like second revival after you know around Tombstone. Because I remember Tombstone mm. came out, and then Stargate, and then Soldier. But he was uh, Tango and Cash came out before all of those. But like the '90s resurgent of Kurt Russell. Cause you had, it just feels so much different. I always think of like the long hair Kurt Russell from the eighties and then the short hair Kurt Russell from the nineties. Yeah. Kurt Russell's had so many careers cause he had all of his Disney movies way back in the day when he was a kid and a teenager. He's just had so many careers and now he's old man Russell. Yep. And that's what he's been working on for the last like decade now. <laughs> yeah. So just love all of his movies. Most of his movies. Not all of them. <laughs> I mean, Tango and Cash, obviously, is the Oscar-winning movie that he should be known for forever. <laughs> Another one I've seen once and don't remember at all. <laughs> if you rewatch that, you would realize that your brain probably erased it for a reason. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, and then the second trailer on this was Cutthroat Island, a movie I've only seen once. <laughs> and I believe this one is known as like the massive bomb of the nineties, like the postman. Yeah. This is Ishtar of the nineties here, uh, or the early nineties. Uh, I've never seen it either. I've never seen it at all. Actually. I've never seen it all. I've seen the beginning. And I remember just like 
Eh, I don't really care. It's pirates. Whatever. <laughs> I just turned it off. That's probably, like, why it bombed so bad. People are just like, eh. Yeah, the early 90s, I wasn't really looking for, like, a pirate fix. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't until, like, Pirates of the uh, Caribbean came out that I was interested. <laughs> you know? Cutthroat Island didn't do anything for me. Uh, I don't think it did anything for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw it. I wish I could tell you if it was good or bad. I just I just remember being bored and turning it off. Okay, let's get into this. It's feature presentation time. And now, our feature presentation. Oh, the Terminator. The beginning of this, where you get to see a little bit of Arnold Schwarzenegger's ding-dong. <laughs> a little bit of wang-danger. Yeah, which is really funny, because Sarah, I was like, Sarah, you're missing Arnold Schwarzenegger's wang-dang! And she comes running from the kitchen. <laughs> and she goes, rewind it, and I rewind it. She's like, well, you don't really see much. And I'm like, well, it's not a porno. <laughs> They're not, like, showing it off. But just to see her, like, stop everything in the kitchen to run and see the ding-dong was pretty funny. Don't think that she'll mind that I'm telling that story. <laughs> now... This is interesting, too, because the Terminator obviously changes from T1 and T2. But what was different was even the feeling. T1, and I want to see if you guys uh, agree, feels like a horror movie. Absolutely. From beginning to end, it feels like a horror movie. Yeah, even the way he kills, uh, was it Brian Thompson? Yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, he like pu- pulls his heart out or whatever. Nice night for a walk, eh? Nice night for a walk. Wash day tomorrow. Nothing clean, right? <laughs> Nothing clean, right? Hey, I think this guy's a couple cans short of a six-pack. Your clothes. Give them to me now. Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> Yeah, he just like punches through him. Yeah. And then just like gooey blood grossness on his hands. I was like, that's something that you would not see. And I don't think they do anything like that. Maybe a bad guy does. But in the rest of the Terminators, you don't have any death like that. Yeah, there's some there's some gore in the second one. But the second one definitely feels more like an action movie. Whereas I would even argue that the first movie doesn't feel super action-y. It feels more horror sci-fi. Yeah, I I just think Jim Cameron later on became so much better at being a general audience writer and director that like this is what's cool about rewatching this one because he does things that I don't think he would do now. Yeah, yeah, this is a pretty... Like it, like you said, it's a horror movie, and it's pretty upfront about it. And I mean, like from beginning to end, like the end scene with the half Terminator uh, before it gets crushed, when it's like it's straight out of a horror movie. Like it's it's so dark, and yeah, every death is super gory. Like for for this kind of movie, um, but like yeah, it's a it's a totally different tone than the rest of the series has for sure. And they they didn't go back to it with any of the sequels. Yeah, and I, I really think his cinematographer, Adam Greenberg, which he's he's worked with with Terminator T2, and I think Adam Greenberg did True Lies. I'm not for sure on that, but just like how he sets up these shots with the Terminator to make him just, like, he's always like, 
a still camera with the Terminator walking into frame. You know what I mean? Like walking right into the camera. There's something menacing about that because they did that with Michael Myers, I think. John Carpenter did and everything. How it's such a simple shot, but like how the character grows and it's like coming right at you. I love how they do that in all these like slasher films. That's basically Uh what this is. Absolutely. This is totally a slasher movie. So it's just a way of making the bad guy even more intimidating. And both of these films, but T1 especially, I don't know if you guys remembered but i i forgot it was like 90 minutes yeah it seemed like you're like oh it's it's over <laughs> I, I yeah, it's a, how, it's a, yeah. it's a lot shorter than the the rest of the series for sure uh it's 107 minutes but yeah it just it flies the pace of this movie is incredible yeah mm-hmm. and, and matt goldblatt who did you know like robocop the editing for robocop terminator t2 he knows how to put these films together because I feel like a lot of his movies in the 80s that he's done, if you go back and look, Terminator, T2, I know that was 91, but you know, like even RoboCop, they're paced so well. What they're really good at is when it's time to start having these quick cuts and everything, you know, he uses them all over the place. He goes, you know, full action movie. But I feel like he also was really good at tapering back, just slowing it down, having a little bit extra time you know, not having a cut every five seconds. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think that's the reason that Mark Goldblatt is the editor of the 80s and early 90s. Like, if you look at any big action movie, any big kind of temple summer movie or whatever, Mark Goldblatt was the editor on them in, the, in those days, late 80s, early 90s, or mid-80s, early 90s. He's, he's the guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can we have films edited like that anymore? Or is it no. just, it just no. doesn't exist? No. Uh, which is a shame, and you'd think with the you know the advent of the MTV editing style of the quick cuts and you know fast stuff like that, uh, it would make the movies paced more fast. But somehow it has slowed down the pace of every movie. Every movie I go see in theaters now, I want to check with my watch, and it's not necessarily because the movie's that terrible or anything like that. But the pacing of like major release movies these days is so weird. Quick cuts, but everything is so drawn out still somehow. <laughs> well, now, now you've got like the fad of the uh, mo- making movies where it seems like it's all one continuous take. And that too. It's almost like it's going the, uh, the other way around. Yeah, that's true. Where it's, you know, like the Birdmans and mm-hmm. other things where they're... Yeah, that's a like good the point. Of Gravity, 1917. Mm-hmm. So it basically has to be one extreme or the other. Yeah, no in between. we don't have time for that just like our politics you're either extreme or you're nothing (laughs) that's the way of the world yeah welcome to 2020 baby uh you're either a gun-toting american or you're a damn nazi socialist like what i can i choose something else no (laughs) red door blue pick Uh, i don't want to Please don't make me. You're either the Terminator or you're Michael Beale. <laughs> you're running or chasing. There is no in between. Yes. <laughs> oh, and speaking of him, what a casting choice. Yeah, yeah but Michael Bean is in a ton of early Cameron stuff, like because he's in Aliens as well. Um, and isn't he might be in something else too that I'm forgetting. But like, yeah, Michael Bean. 
uh, as Kyle Reese, you know, the oft, often recast uh, Kyle Reese, because I think the different actor plays him in every single subsequent sequel. But uh, yeah, he's he's in this one. and He's very good. I always think that's why it's hard to get attached to Kyle Reese. And even sometimes looking at John Connor, I feel like I'm fully attached to Sarah Connor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, even though her character, you know, obviously was written off in, uh, you know, a sequel not to be mentioned yet. I feel like just and Linda Hamilton plays it so well, but I feel like Kyle Reese and John Connor have been played by different actors so many times that I get kind of the. um Oh, Friday the 13th, uh, the uh, the guy, you know, uh, played by the little kid in number four. Um, oh, oh, Tommy Jarvis. Yeah, Tommy Jarvis. I, I feel like I get this Tommy Jarvis syndrome where I'm like, I'm not actually attaching to one actor playing them. You know, mm. we're switching off here and there. It's Other like a James Bond or like a like a Jack Ryder or whatever from Well, the... I feel like Bond's been played by the same characters over and over. Just Kyle Reese and John Connor haven't. They're all over the place. So I never feel like I fully attach to them. Uh it's well, either like with well like with Sarah Connor, we kind of see more of her life in the first one and then the but of Kyle Reese, you really don't what you see, you're really not learning much about him. He's just surviving. Like that's it. Like her, you see, like she's struggling at work. She's got her friends. You know, there's a little bit more to her. So I think it's easier to connect to her than it is to Kyle. Yeah, I think that's part of it too. But he does such a good job of like, he's such a tough guy, but he's also very vulnerable, you know, mm-hmm. where he's he's also trying to block his emotion. And then Sarah Connor, I don't know if it's meeting her or if she's drawing it out or just them together. It feels like it's pulling it out of him. He's becoming more human. Mm-hmm. He's feeling. He's Much got some like cheesy lines. The... But... Oh, yeah. John Connor gave me a picture of you once. I didn't know why at the time. It's very old. Torn. Faded. You were young, like you are now. You seemed just a little sad. I used to always wonder what you were thinking at that moment. I memorized every line. Every curve. I came across time for you, Sarah. I love you. I always have. I mean, anytime you tell someone I traveled back in time to be with you, you'd be like, well, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I've already took off my pants. I mean, that's an amazing line. <laughs> that's a slide whistle. <laughs> yeah. But he's so good at it. And, and Arnold is stupid good. Yeah. Really good at having no emotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And barely saying any words. Right. Well, I think there. I think there is a reason that, like, the "I'll be back" line became so famous. I mean, that that scene, the performance in that scene, you know, obviously that was going to become a, a line that was. Uh, I mean, the marketing for two really solidified that. But like, mm-hmm. uh, that that scene's iconic in the first one. So I mean, he's doing exactly what he needs to be doing for this performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's great too, and. I don't know if you guys know the story that like 
I mean, Arnold came in to play Kyle Reese, but both of them sitting at their lunch that they had James Cameron, uh, James Cameron and Arnold Schwarzenegger, both of them right when they sat down were like, oh, you're the Terminator, but they were too polite to say anything. So when they <laughs> left, James Cameron painted a picture, which I put in the notes, of Arnold as the Terminator, oh, and okay. that's what Arnold said sealed the deal. He's just like called his agent, I am the Terminator, get me this movie. Whoa. I'm like, yeah, if someone's going to sit down and paint the picture of you being the character, how do you say no to that? Yeah. Uh, can we rethink about this, that, and the other about the painting? <laughs> yeah, who could do that? It's it's awesome. I love that he put that together. And he, I mean, the, he said he worked with some, um, I don't know, mime actors or something like that, where to get the, how he's always scanning and how his, um, his eyes are ahead of his like head where, where his eyes are looking, his head will follow mm. to have that security camera type approach. He always said, nice. Yeah. It comes through. It works. You could like really tell that like, yeah, he put time into that kind of nothing performance, uh, that it, it shines through. I mean, Arnold became my guy for the, these nineties or eighties and nineties action movies. He was, you know, of the Stallones and, Bruce Willis and Kurt Russell's and stuff of the day. The one that I gravitated to when I was younger was Arnold. And it was these first two movies that, you know, got me hooked. Yeah. He's larger than life. I mean, in everything he does, he's just got such a gravitas. Like just even as bad Arnold movies, he's just so good at them because of his facial expressions or his charisma. I think yeah. that's what he has over a lot of, like, I like Stallone, but I just think Arnold's charisma is, you know, better than Stallone, except with Over the Top, which is prob- probably the 80s movie that we all need to remember the most. <laughs> the most important <laughs> 80s movie? Yeah. I've heard that before about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know what idiot keeps saying that, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then there also, this is something that the casting of all these side characters in both Terminator and Terminator 2, well done. Mm. Because you've got the, the, the two detectives played by Paul Winfield and Lance Hendrickson. I could watch a TV show with these two guys. Yeah. Same shit. You can hear it now. He's going to be called a goddamn phone book killer. I hate these press cases. Especially the weird press cases. Where are you going? I'll make a statement. Maybe make these jackals work for us for a change. If I can get on the tube by 11 o'clock, maybe she'll call us. Well, how do I look? Like shit, boss. Yo, mama. Yeah, I... Yes. I uh... I I had kind of forgotten about them a little bit, and then when they, they came back, and I'm like, oh, it's like a, it brought a bunch of things. Like, oh, I remember these guys. Like it was, it was like a finding a little gem about the movie I'd kind of forgotten about, and it was uh, I kind of enjoyed that. Yeah, even even these guys disappear in these roles. Uh, I I know I've seen um, Paul Winfield and stuff before, uh, but he always kind of plays I feel like these kind of parts. Uh, and then Lance Sendrickson, obviously, we've seen in a bajillion things, but. Uh, they disappear even in these characters, you know, like these, even these kind of side characters, they like are fully committed to 
these these side cop characters. Yeah, and the the one little bitty scene that cracks me up that got me good when he's just like, "Hey, give me a cigarette." And he like gives him a cigarette, and then the 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 camera pans over, and he already has a cigarette lit in his hand. Yeah. I love it. Ugh. Moment, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great. I love I love those side characters, and of course the Dick Miller scene, spectacular. The twelve gauge autoloader. That's Italian. You can go pump or auto. The forty-five long slide with laser siding. These are brand new. We just got them in. That's a good gun. You just touch the trigger, the beam comes on, and you put the red dot where you want the bullet to go. You can't miss. Anything else? Phased plasma rifle in the 40-watt range. Hey, just what you see, pal. The Uzi 9mm. You know your weapons, buddy. Any one of these is ideal for home defense. So, uh, which will it be? All. Let me close early today. There's a 15-day wait on the handguns, but the rifles you can take right now. You can't do that. Wrong. I'll Poor take Dick Miller the... gets blown away. <laughs> yeah, I might, I might close up early. It's like you really know your Wrong. guns. You <laughs> uh, can't do that in here. Wrong. See how calma. I'm surprised I haven't done a Terminator. I haven't done an Arnold. Uh, get ready for the Arnold quotes, folks. Yeah, we haven't had a lot of, hey, yeah, Jamie, yet. I love it, too, when he gets his eyebrows burned off. Yeah, he looks weird. I know, it's so weird. He's so creepy when he's, like, driving in the car, and he's got him burnt off or whatever, and he's, like, just looking around. He just looks terrifying. Yeah. And it's like he he's got his eyes widened, kind of like you were saying how he's got like he's kind of doing that like uh, security camera scanning with his eyes. Like he's got come widened, so he looks even more kind of like maddened. Yeah, it it, it does. Well, it like makes him feel less human, even more than he already mm-hmm. was. So I think that was a good job. And then we haven't talked about Mr. Bill Paxton. We mentioned Brian Thomas's name, uh, Thompson, but. I love the Bill. I think I get more excited sometimes for Bill Paxton and Dick Miller's little cameos than a lot of the other parts of this movie. <laughs> Wash day, huh? Yeah. Not real clean, eh? <laughs> uh, this guy's a couple beers short of, pa- short of a six-pack. <laughs> I mean, who couldn't? who couldn't fall in love with Bill Paxton? Yeah. He was destined to be a star. <laughs> so damn fun but his, his uh he was a whirlwind of an actor <laughs> oh was he uh was he the oh shit the m5 yeah 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 was that was that what it is yeah i can't remember we've done the movie but what was the rankings is it m5 f5 f5, f5. f5 yeah he was an f5 actor <laughs> Uh, yeah, so one thing I forgot about this film, too, was also how they called it the phone book killer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I always wonder if there was more in, t- in the script of that, because it just feels yeah, like... We only, we, we only see them uh, him kill two Sarah Connors, right, before... Or, or we hear of him killing two Sarah Connors before he goes after our Sarah Connor. 
And it, he's going in order of this phone book. Like, so he started with the first one, and then he went to the second one. Yeah, because they don't... So he's going sh- in alphabetical order. Do they show the death of the second one? Or does she just hear about it on the television? Hmm. Uh, it's There's one where you, you see the slow-mo and he busts in the door. Yeah, that's the then, first. Uh, what is the second one? I, you know, I don't think we do. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think it is just uh, via her, like, eating the, the pizza at the pizza joint. And she's like, no, don't turn it. As they're yeah, about turn to turn the, the TV up. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they show the second one. It's just the cops mention, you know, Lance Hendrickson shows him the name of the first one and the second one. And he's just like, the, uh, Paul Winfield's like, this can't be true. And then, yeah, the pizza place. Yeah, we don't see the second one. That's interesting. Uh, well, you know, what's the point? We've already seen the first one. Probably that's, you know, like an editing choice. Uh, we don't really need to see the second one. Yeah, it might have slowed the pacing or something like that. Yeah, because we see, you know, Arnold go in and kill, um, was it Ginger and Ginger's boyfriend? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Ginger's boyfriend, that was played by Rick uh, Rosovich. He was in uh, Top Gun. That's what I always yeah, know. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, he's, uh, he's the wingman to Val Kilmer. Yeah, you stink. Slider. Stink. He's the one that does that ridiculous spike and then the pose afterwards. Yes, yes. It's like <laughs> testosterone everywhere. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fun. And and then we just start, you know, like after that it's once Kyle Reese Oh, she goes in that techno bar after she calls the detectives. Techno yeah. noir. Tech noir, which Tech-noir. is basically the genre of the movie yes. as well. It was just fun yeah. that they chose that. <laughs> yeah, how many movies do that? They name the bar the actual genre of the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be like Die Hard 3. They'd walk into a bar called Bombastic Action. <laughs> You're right. They need to have like a fictional, at like a theme park where there's like an adult like street and it's just like every bar that's in a movie side by side. If that existed, I would frequent the bar. I would frequent uh, Tech Noir all the time, and I would be in the bar from Fright Night all the time, which are probably the same bar, yeah. honestly, because <laughs> they look yeah, exactly the same. Yeah, because both those movies were just probably shot in California. Yeah, at some oh, whatever yeah. happening bar, uh, let them film there because yeah, they look exactly the same, but they're the, they're exactly the kind of bar I would want to hang out in if I could live in 1984 and five. <laughs> Yeah, did you notice how much it was to get into that bar? I think they said ten dollars. Yeah. Ten dollars in nineteen eighty four. It was, uh, was four fifty. Oh, yeah. okay. Four fifty, yeah. which is still like that's still a lot, I think, just to get inside a place. Like, yeah, and an odd number, four fifty. What? Yeah. Well, it's a good thing it was four fifty, so she could use that quarter to call the detective. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's why it was four fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was originally five dollars, but she's like, "All I have is a five dollar bill. How am I gonna make the call, Jim?" <laughs> that was yeah, that was an outtake of the script. She does that and then has to go back and ask for change at the at the front again. <laughs> yeah, and first he smashes the phone because he's mad at her for challenging him, and then later he's just like, "She's right." <laughs> That's when he falls in love with Linda Hamilton. <laughs> she's right. She's right about everything. There's tons uh, of fan fiction about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we just start the chase after that, and it's it's fantastic. Kyle Reese running around in his Nikes. And one of the recent ones when when they have um, 
they reshoot some of that shot for shot when they're kind of re uh, redoing that uh, scene. It was kind of fun to watch. And I noticed it even more watching the original one, uh, how they had some shot. Like when he's when he's running and hiding in the department store and you see his hand grab like the shirt off the hanger. And then you see the police feet walk by and his feet come down in the photo booth and you see him latch his uh, Velcro shoe. Like those were shots right in the newer one when uh, they kind of did the revisit and the revamp. Oh, yeah. Genesis. Everyone's favorite. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never noticed that when I watched Genesis, but I may have just been napping at that point. So, <laughs> yeah. but the man who plays Kyle Reese in that movie, I like have I don't even remember him saying a word in the movie. I'm like, my, my mind erased it. <laughs> uh, that's going to be the hardest one to revisit, guys. Like, <laughs> just telling you right now. There was, so kind of uh, off topic a little bit, uh, in Terminator 2, there was a scene they cut out where he was where Arnold was learning how to smile, and it was super awkward. But they, it's like they went back and put that scene in the newer movie. Like when the camera cuts over and it's just Arnold creepy smiling like like he's been learning all those years while he's been... Uh, you know, stuck in time. And uh, anyway, I, I wondered if that was, you know, uh, done on purpose, like a throwback to the scene that was on the cutting room floor. That's a good point. I, I remember, and again, we'll probably talk about it when we talk about Terminator. I remember that scene, but I had seen, I've seen the versions, like the director's cut and the extended cut. I've seen so many different versions of T2. I don't remember what's like in the theatrical cut. So I remembered that smiling scene. And yeah, I, de I definitely think it was a callback in that, uh, in that later sequel uh, to that mm -hmm. scene. But the, then when I watched it today, it's, I watched the theatrical one or whatever. It's not in there. there there's so many versions. So accessible <laughs> of two. I forget which scenes are actually in the movie. Right. There's no smiling in this one, that's for sure. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's just smashing people. Oh, and his creepy-ass um, apartment that he... Or his motel that he stays in. Yeah. That is straight out out of, like, Basket Case. Like, yeah, anyone... kind of like a horror movie, like you were saying. Yeah, it's, it's just one of... The... And then when the guy comes and checks on him, he's just like... Oh, I don't even remember what he says, but he's just like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that it has all the options, and you see him selecting which option before he says it. Yeah. Very robotic in this movie compared to T2. Yeah, and then, you know, Kyle Reese, Sarah Connor get their hotel room, make their bombs. That's their foreplay, I assume. Right. And, they make uh, their bombs, then they make their bombs. Oh, oh. 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 And that's that's when John's mic got cut. <laughs> oh, oh, we lost connection. How did that happen? I guess we'll continue without him. <laughs> There's one thing Jim's uh, I'm going to call him Jim's Cameron now. That's what his really close. That's what his family members call him. Right. Not James. James not Jim. Jim's. He's his really first name owns his last name. Yes. <laughs> He's a really good at chase scenes. Vehicle chase scenes. Part of me wonders if he should have been a director in the seventies, just doing a bunch of like Italian car movies. He does. He he really does. Uh, and he likes he likes to do sort of like in this one the dark night L.A. You know, seedy underbelly of L.A. And I think like basically the second one is just that with the lights turned on. But like 
uh, in this one, it, it is. It's noiry. It's like steamy. It's late night. These the classic LA streets. Yeah, and then he does these great chase scenes in them. This movie's ending is so good because you get to see the stop motion animation of the Terminator, and I think it's really good. <laughs> I could easily see how a younger child would watch it now and be like, "This is cheesy and dumb," but mm-hmm. and not appreciate how ridiculously hard this was to make it look this good but he also does a good job that he picks a robot so you can't complain like oh it looks robotic oh no shit that's the point (laughs) it's a robot (laughs) yeah and it's just really good and it's so menacing coming after it just won't stop until they crush it no that 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 was that scene i was talking about earlier that is just such like a horror movie scene when he's in pieces and he's coming through and he's chasing her like down the conveyor belt and uh, right be- and down that, that really narrow pathway where he's about to get crushed straight out of a horror movie and terrifying. Like, cause the thing, the, the exoskeleton looks so scary and menacing too. Yeah. And how they crush the Terminator at the end. Do you think that was just a happy accident that the arm was left over the side and the head wasn't all the way crushed so they could use those parts for T2? There's no way he was thinking that like this would be a sequel. I, I just think it's luck. Yeah, yeah I think it is. I, I think yeah. they I think he looked at what I think he looked at the ending of the first one and said, Okay, what can I do with this? I don't think it was pre planned. Be incredible if it was though. If old yeah. Jimbo was that smart. <laughs> I mean I, I think we'll we'll end talking about the movie and start talking about the behind the scenes 'cause I, I mean for anyone who hasn't seen this movie I think it's obvious that we highly recommend it. And then we kind of virtually slap you for not seeing it. What's wrong with you? But yeah, also yeah. also a hug because you're about to experience one hell of a movie. It's about to change you. <laughs> it will we'll just keep coming at you. You'll keep watching it over and over. It won't stop. It will terminate your old life and you will begin anew. It will be back in your collection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's when Steve's phone microphone got cut off. <laughs> Oh, it's just Matt. Matt, end it all. <laughs> uh, Pretty yeah. good movie. Liked it. <laughs> I liked it. For the rest of the podcast. <laughs> all right. Behind the scenes. I mean, some pretty good ones that he wrote. You know, Jim's Cameron. Jim's Cameron. Um, still going with that. Wrote uh, this movie, I guess, while in Italy for some other movie. I don't remember what it was, but he was sick. And said he got the idea for the story in Rome when he was sick and isolated in a foreign country. I thought mm. that was pretty cool. And uh, let's see something else. Some of the stuff that we haven't talked. Oh, Arnold's biggest fear during the movie wasn't so much doing all the stunts or whatever. It was the mild acid that they poured on his jacket to give the appearance of smoke. He actually tried to talk them out of it. He's just like, can't we just have smoke in the background? He, he really did not want that acid poured on the leather jacket that he was wearing. Actually, I don't even think he was wearing a leather jacket. It was just like a trench coat, right? Yeah, it's just like a jacket. It's like an 80s jacket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I do love this. The producers begged Jim's, uh, James Cameron to put in more day shooting because night shooting is, is so much more expensive. <laughs> but he refused and got his way. Almost the entire movie's written at night. Arnold said... He thinks uh, James Cameron did that because he's such a control freak and you get to control the lighting at night. But I think it's more than that. I think it's because it's this type of movie. 
you know, the tech noir. And... You can't do a tech noir in the day. You yeah. Know? You're not going to get that vibe. I do love how he just got his way anyway. But, uh, and then <laughs> this one's just fun about uh, Michael Bean. I'm going to call him Bean. Is it, how do you pronounce his last name? I've always heard Bean, like, is it like Bean? Like a Bean? Yeah. Yeah, okay, well, I guess I have been pronouncing it correctly, but he originally read for Kyle Reese with a southern accent, <laughs> which Ooh. wasn't called for, and uh, the reason he did is because he was also reading for um, a role in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof that morning, and he didn't shake the accent, but they liked him so much he got it anyway. Glad they dropped the accent thing, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know, how odd would that have been? Like, yeah, I'm from the future, like 40 years or whatever. And uh, we're still talking with this yokel accent. Yeah. Well, I'm from the future, forty years from now. <laughs> we couldn't. You wouldn't be able to take any of that serious. No. <laughs> Especially when he like they show his scenes where he's in the future, and man, talk about it. We gotta get. <laughs> hey, old that Terminator's gonna come get us. <laughs> luckily, we got. Well, luckily, we got the hounds out in the back. They smell the rubber ones coming. From my way. Oh, James Cameron's career would have been totally different. <laughs> he just would have wore a t-shirt. Oh, why, oh, why did I pick Michael Bean? <laughs> in a, in a, uh, like a behind the scenes when Michael Bean's talking about the movie, he was like, uh, it, he, you could tell he was filming for uh, one of the Western movies he was in because he had like the mustachio and everything. So it's funny to you know find out that he originally tried out in a southern accent because when he was talking about the behind the, behind the scenes for the movie he was dressed like a cowboy <laughs> so that's that's kind of funny <laughs> i always forget he's in tombstone too and every time i watch tombstone i'm like holy shit you're in this too you were so good yeah but uh that's, yeah well that's t- that was that's that's kyle reese he went too far back in time for yeah <laughs> <laughs> shit <laughs> Uh, I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> the the video games. How many of these video games did you guys play? We had. I, I don't think anyone played the DOS Terminator from 1991. Nope. It looks awful. <laughs> it just looks so bad. And I then playing games like that and being like, yes, but like when I look back on it now, I'm like, dear God, how did I do this? <laughs> oh yeah. Remember when you had to use like. Uh, what were the letters that you had to use for movement? Oh, A, S, D, and W. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, controllers. You changed the world. Uh, and then you had Terminator NES from 1992, which I own, and it is just a dreadful game. It's it just it's trash. It's just a dumpster fire game. Like, how the backgrounds are so busy, so you can't tell what's going on in the foreground. It's just confusing, and the controls are shit. It's such a bad game. Ugh. I never played the Terminator for Sega CD in 1993. Anyone else play that? No. Anyone? No. How about you, Matt? No, I've only, I'm only familiar with the T2 games. I haven't even seen any footage of the, the Terminator 1 games. Well, I, I know the Terminator uh, Super Nintendo game that came out in 93, because I think Terminator and Terminator 2 basically came out at the exact same time for the video games. Um, I remember the Super Nintendo one. It's better, and uh, you're playing as Kyle Reese, uh, going through like, but you're in the future a lot. So that one was better. I, I barely remember it though. I don't think I ever beat it or anything like that. 
I never played it, but my uh, I didn't have a Super Nintendo, but a neighbor did, and I remember he rented it like once, like for a weekend, like a day or two, and so I watched him play it for very little, and I kind of I kind of remember the scenes from it, but that's about it. I don't really remember a whole lot from it. Well, I guess it's time to go to the museum, guys. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out into the film jungle and we bring something back, just like Indy. We put it in our Terminator franchise wing of the museum. Matt, since you picked the franchise, you're going to get the first opportunity to put something in. What do you got? This is tough for me uh, because I I always say, I always say they're top three greatest movies of all time. Terminator 2, RoboCop, and Terminator 1. Um, those are your top three essential movies. If you only see three movies in your life, those are the three you need to see. Uh, so it's hard to pick one thing because I am obsessed with this movie and I love this movie. Uh, but we haven't talked about it yet, so I'm going to pick it for this one. Uh, the score. Uh, Brad mm-hmm. Fidel's score uh, to both of these films, uh, the first two, are, is amazing. And I think it is a little bit better in the second one, but it is iconic in this first one. And it uh, really sets the tone, really gets the vibe. I think it does do the tech noir sort of genre justice uh i love the score of this movie but i love i could i could pick anything i could pick the cinematography i love uh stan winston's effects i love the exoskeleton i love it i could put all of it in there but i'll take the score because we haven't talked about it yet yeah i i thought the i was saving the score for the second one because that's it's so damn good it's so and both movies it's so good it's incredible but uh john i'll let you go number two uh for me i think i'm gonna put in um Arnold's acting in it and how just well he did because he's he's really got besides like what he did Conan before this and that, I can't think of any other movies he's been in right right yeah he did movies. the Hercules in the park but that yeah you know, Hercules in New York that's the only or, other yeah. one oh, okay but like here like it's like he actually does like you know a really good job acting in it and um and it became, you know, it became what it is today. So that's what I put in the museum. Yeah, I mean, he he does a lot of it on his own, too, where he was learning how to, you know, he was coming up with his own movements and everything. And I, I think that's why James Cameron fell in love with him so much. Because not only, I mean, obviously he's larger than life and he's charismatic, but he's a hard worker. And I, I think James Cameron, that's why he reuses a lot of his actors throughout his movies. Because once he likes you... There's a good chance you're going to be in another one of his films. And then for just taking a step further, like there's a reason Arnold's still around and still can top line a movie. Dude's just got it. He just has it. He's a movie star. Yeah, no doubt. He's an action star that just changed the genre. Absolutely. And he might have been too good. That's why we got, you know, that's why he fell off so much. Um, I don't know. When did he fall off? Terminator 3? That's probably, but but that was more because he just went into politics. Right. He didn't like fall off because his movies got bad. I mean, yeah, Terminator 3 is terrible, but like he only (laughs) stopped acting because he was becoming a a governor. And then like the first movie he did back was The Last Stand. And that movie's absolutely fucking incredible and underrated. So like dude just has it. Yeah, he is. He's got it. 
Uh, for the museum, I'm going to put in the stop motion of the Terminator. Anytime, you know, I see stop motion, I love it. Uh, and I love it in all these old films. Uh, I mean, old. Yeah, I guess this thing is, it's really old, 84 now. So, I mean, we're getting close to a 30-year or 40-year, wait, I can't even we, add. We just yes. passed the 36. 35th. Yeah. So we're about to hit the 40 year in like what, 2024, four years. Four years. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. This movie's aged well too. Uh, even the stop motion I watched and I just, you know, it makes my heart grow a little bit larger. I just love stop motion animation. So it was fun seeing it in this. And it's also awesome to see it when it's really good. Yes. And it yeah. is good here. It's good. It, it's timeless. Yeah, you like you said earlier, maybe kids can pick out pick it out. But like going back and rewatching it, even on DVD, you don't see the seams in any of this. Like the from the stop motion to the animatronics work, the effects work in this movie is pretty incredible. Even when he's doing the surgery on the eye, and yeah, it's a prop head or whatever when he's pulling. But like it yeah. looks good. It looks really mm-hmm. fucking good. I it, I think it sells it. So yeah, I mean the effects in this are incredible. Uh, you know, along I with did, the stop motion. Uh, I did notice when there's a time where he picks up the exacto blade and there's no blade in it. It's just a, it has nothing on one side when he's, when he begins to cut himself, like they took it out. So he wouldn't really cut himself, but the angle that they have at, at that, that shot there, it's uh, like really gives away like, Oh yeah, there's not a knife in his hand. <laughs> I, it's something I noticed. I, I just thought, and then I remember noticing it when I was little. Anyway, but other than that, everything else looks great. <laughs> now they had a, gotta, they had a tough... I gotta look. I gotta look for that next time. I yeah, watch it. I didn't know. I never noticed that. And it's not like I'm not gonna watch this movie one thousand more times. So I'll oh, look exactly, for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they said they had a really hard time shooting that scene. It, it was very difficult. They had the lighting. It was a long shot. It was at night. Everyone was tired, and they were trying to get that right. And it's just really difficult. But some of this pictures they have of the behind the scenes arnold just fell in love with that makeup and prosthetic android you know because it's robotic it's real mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he loved that he thought that was awesome and you know it, it's yeah obviously that's dated it doesn't age great but you have to consider the time period when this was done you know that probably went into a lot of reels of special effects people's um uh, portfolio because that probably got them a lot of jobs mm-hmm. yeah and i mean i watched I, I don't know how it would be today but i mean i watched this as a kid in the 90s so 10 you know maybe 10 years after this came out or whatever and i believed every second of it so there's enough i think i think the movie sets up a nice uh suspension of disbelief thing that uh you know all the it it, it makes you buy into all the effects mm-hmm. yeah yeah They're, i remember i'm like how did how does he how does how does he have a metal face with a glowing eye? Like, but that's like his real face. <laughs> like, trying to figure that out, that was like blew my mind. It's just cool. So much of it is cool. I always thought, I was like, Wolf, his eyes glowing. Wouldn't he be seen? Oh, he put on his sunglasses. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> Terminator is really smart. <laughs> All right, that's gonna end it this week for our first look in the Terminator franchise, the Terminator from 1984, which we all saw in the theater. Um, even Matt, who wasn't born yet, correct? Yeah, you know, they, in the womb. My my parents should feel really bad for bringing a two year old to this movie. 
(laughs) (laughs) But it was fun, and and look what it's turned me into, a freak. (laughs) (laughs) All right, come back next week for T2 Judgment Day. Uh, well, John will be joining us again, so that'll be fun. He, he's. I'll be back. Yep, there you go. There it is. <laughs> there it is. He earned his place. That's how you do that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you, get to come, you get to come back for the next one. Yep. I'll allow it. <laughs> All right. Remember to be kind. Rewind.